Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. January! Sick and tired, you've been hanging on me. Oh my you God. May- <laughs> You're telling me lies. Don't go. <laughs> January. So you're not drinking again? Don't be cold. Don't be angry to me. You make me sad. Come and see. Oh, January. Don't go. Don't go. Well, I'm never taking you to karaoke. I'm telling you that much now. Hasn't January been going on a long time? I can't remember Christmas. Not as long as you're bloody singing. God help me. People love my singing. No. I'm going I'm no, to I'm next to Leona Lewis. No, they don't. They're going along with their AirPods in, walking their dog, and all of a sudden... They, they go white. They go white. The AirPods fly out of their ears, and they're just stunned. It's like caterwauling, isn't it? No, my ca- no, that's much better than your singing. It's really bad. So this week, Nick, <laughs> we've been because it's January. January. No, stop. I remember <laughs> the guy from Pilot used to wear a white flat cap. Before my time, I'm a fetus. You're remember. a fetus. I'm yeah, a fetus. you wore a white flat cap. Way before I had my a bit time. Of a, I had a bit of a crush on Pilot. I had a huge crush on the lead singer of Ten CC. I'm Who? not in love. Oh, my God. Oh, don't sing it. Don't sing it. I'll Google it. Don't sing it. No. But because it's January, we've been doing lots of winter walks. And you know there's a BBC <laughs> series. It's slow television. And they have a celebrity or a vicar, Kate Botley, walking with the camera. And she's like, trudge, 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 trudge. Serenely. Oh, this reminds me of a prayer. And I'm going to recite a poem. And here's a lovely brook. And I'm now in Midland. And oh, it's all so lovely. And Nick and I took how many dogs? Six. Six, because Charlie didn't come because he's not well. Charlie didn't come because he's, he's an old boy. He's On a winter walk. And the winter walk was from screaming. <laughs> Lee! <laughs> Teddy! <laughs> Barry! <laughs> Millie! Gracie! <laughs> You were shouting, weren't you? Nick, Nick, help! Teddy's going, he's going! Call Teddy! Teddy. And <laughs> at that point, <laughs> Boris had just slipped his harness, so I'm screaming back, I've got my own problems! And all these other members of the public, they cower and shrink away from us, don't they, with well, their dogs? One one man came came past us, he said, oh, I can see who's the, the naughty one, and I went, well, which one? <laughs> which one? And he said, are you professional dog walkers? I said, no! You'd pay us to look after your dogs, really? <laughs> Really? <laughs> but the reality of going for a winter walk isn't like slow television and Kate Botley. Oh, hello, lovely villager. How are you? It's screaming. It's panic. It's getting the sausages out the pocket. High value treats. High value treats. Yeah, HVT. Today. HVT. Today. <laughs> and then Liz goes, 
to me, did you see the Shetland in the field? And I'm like, what? No, I haven't. And she said, oh, you don't notice anything. Boris is literally like a kite on the end of a 20-foot rope. I'm practically on my face skiing. No, I'm not looking at the bloody scenery. And then I said to Nick, did you see the heron? She's like, no, I didn't see the bloody heron. (laughs) Are you mad? And we had some Miranda Priestley moments as well, didn't we? Quite a few, actually. Liz was wrestling to get the leads on the dog, so she dropped a poo bag and then went to me, Nick, pick that up. It's getting on my nerves. But poo bags are annoying, aren't they? Pick it up, it's getting on my nerves. What? And then you started chatting to a man. Yes, I, I do that a lot. I have a little chat out while walking. So I said to you, who's that man? Again, it was your window cleaner. It was my window cleaner, I didn't recognise him. I don't recognise white men, they just all look the same. No, 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 no. And then, the, and then our final MP moment was we were walking along. I'm being dragged by Boris. I'm looking where my other one is while I'm not looking where the Shetland pony is and the bloody heron. And Liz says, Nick, is Teddy coming? Is he coming? And I said, <laughs> well, why don't you look? She said, I, I, I don't want to look behind. I don't want to look behind. You do it. Like, that's, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> no, no. Nothing's above nothing's my pay grade. A, nothing's above my pay grade. true, actually. <laughs> I'm having a transplant next month as part of my job. Nothing's above my pay grade. No, that's true. <laughs> the reason I couldn't look round, Teddy, is I don't like swivelling. I think it's quite bad for my neck and it makes me dizzy. And there's this new highway code out which says you need to do a sort of lift with your arm so you open the door with your other arm so you look behind you. I'm not doing that. I don't, want to, I don't look behind me. I can't reverse. I don't, I don't even understand. Can you demonstrate that? I have no idea. You reach round with the opposite hand to open the door so you look round automatically. I've never heard such rubbish in my life. Who makes up this rubbish? Who's going to do it? No one's going to do it. No one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. That's what mirrors are for. After all these parties in Downing Street, and I wrote a piece about Boris's party this week in the mail, he's not 12. He's not 12. He doesn't need a party. He doesn't need people singing. And I remember my... Beautiful friend Dawn's father died and I was only able to support her by watching it online. So you live stream yeah, the funeral. Yeah, yeah, terrible. And Dawn came into the church and she sat on her own at the front. I could just see the back of her and her shoulders shaking. And I couldn't be there for her. And a 56-year-old man, you're not 12. You're not 12. And if one more person turns around and says to me this week... I can't tell you how many people have said it about my Boris, my my doggy Boris. Hasn't he got a party to go to? I'm going to punch them. Do they say that? I've had that so many times this week. I'm going to punch them. I am. He. I am not named Boris after the Prime Minister. It's an awful name. It's an awful name. I think he was named in Romania and I wanted to change his name to Chester because he's got feet like a Chesterfield. Chester's an awful name as well. No, but he's got feet like a Chesterfield. No, but you have to have, when you have a dog, it has to end in an E. So it's Gracie, Teddy. Yeah, but what about when you're screaming Nick? Nick. You don't I say wish, Nicky, I do want you? to replace you with somebody who's got a more of an E word of a name. Well, I'm surprised you haven't christened me Nicky. Nicky. <laughs> oh, but no, we literally, it's like one of them awful reality shows <laughs> where these people are going along and, and causing disruption. 
we're going to be notorious it's like locally. one of those programs Awful. about a woman who's got 17 children isn't it us walking the dogs it's dogs behaving badly without graham yeah ship him in we've also both been reading a book haven't we yes Tell us about the book now, because it's more, it's quite similar in a way to my novel, Eight and a Half Stone, because it's about a woman who's overweight and she wants to lose weight. So how is this book different? And tell us what the title is. It, it, it is it is different. It's A Moment on the Lips by Jamie Taylor, and it's her debut novel. And it starts off with a woman who's overweight, and we learn a little bit about her story. And she gets together with some girls that she works with that have all got their own stories, all want to lose some weight, and they support each other. It's I loved it. I absolutely loved it. As someone that's battled with my weight on and off all my life, there was so much of me in it that, you know, if, if, if you've got those sort of experiences, you'll read it and go, yeah, I know that, been there, done that, worn the T-shirt. But what I really loved about it was it was a really great story about female friendship about how women support each other and the difference it can really make not always to you and that's a sad thing isn't it i mean these girls get together they're not just supportive on the diet they do they help each other someone cooks lunch for them all one day then someone else cooks lunch another day but things with their husbands their boyfriends and they go off and do stuff together and it's quite a light book it's not sort of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of backstories. But I read it in two days and I didn't want to put it down. I really enjoyed it. And what was a testament to the book is I got to the end and they're all going, they've lost a lot of weight and they're going to a wedding. And you're really rooting for these girls. There's no one nasty in it, really. They're all... Have they all got husbands and boyfriends? At varying different stages. Some start off as single and then sort of, you know, it's quite, it's quite a nice book. You know, she does get you know, we think a a lovely man and, you know, somebody else gets divorced and they're all right with it. You know, it's it's a really, really nice book. There's no bitchiness, there's no nastiness. It's just uplifting, it's fun, it made me laugh and I really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed it and I think anybody that has got any sort of relationship with weight issues, I think they'd really, really enjoy it. I really hope this author does more books and I'd look forward to them. I think the thing is I got to the end and what I wanted, when they all went to the wedding and they were all dressed up, I forgot these weren't real people, which I think is quite a a testament to the writing. And I was thinking, oh, I'd really love to see some pictures of them all dressed up now they've lost weight and they've gone to the wedding. So you'll put the link to the book on on Twitter, won't you, Nat? I will put the link to it. I just want to read out a little tiny bit of it, which really resonated with me. And it's the sort of Etta, the, 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 the character that we're introduced to first. And she says, she's talking about um, how we put off stuff, about doing stuff and going places because they're size. And she says, I've been thinking about how I've been ruled by my size. I've let it dictate every part of me. I was always delaying things until I lost weight. Like that was the gatekeeper to a fulfilled life. In reality, I just used it as an excuse. I can't go swimming because I look awful in a costume. I can't find a boyfriend until I'm thin enough to attract one. I can't go horse riding with Chloe, that's her daughter, because my bum will be too big for the saddle. So that's how a lot of us feel when we're overweight. Can't do this. We'll do this when I've lost weight. I'll do that when I've lost weight. And reality is she does, with her friends, she does go off and start doing things while she's in that 
that journey of losing weight and has a life. But do you know who I've been thinking about this week? Um, David Cassidy? Sometimes. No, yeah, see. Go on, who have you been thinking about? Katie Price. Not the same as David Cassidy, is it? Katie Price. She's She's got a programme out now, hasn't she? Yeah, she's got a programme on Channel 4 where she's doing up the mucky mansion and getting the builders in. And there was a piece in The Spectator by Julie Birchall. See, I'm quite highbrow, I'm not lowbrow. So she's written a piece about Katie Price. And she says, Never the gold digger, always the mourning bride. She's an incurable romantic. An X-rated one, but a romantic nevertheless. Forever presenting the latest version of the one. Can you see some parallels here? Plastic surgery, yeah, romantic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Saying You've the not same got a mucky th- mansion, though. Saying the same thing. I haven't got mine. I'm very clean. They're not mucky. And saying the same thing every time. My knight in shining armour, different from all the others, not using me for money or fame before it all goes bust after a few years. They say people stop maturing at the age they find success in their dream job. So for Julie and Katie Price, it was 17. For me, it was about 40. I'm still trying. Yeah, well, you're never going to get there. (laughs) Never, never. Katie hasn't got it into her head that by the time one is out of one's youth, falling recklessly and repeatedly in love does not bring straightforward fun and games, but two ill-matched sets of emotional baggage piling up on the conveyor belt from hell. You see? Yeah. If you meet someone later in life... They're not just chippy. <laughs> oh, no, no. Chippy, chippy, chippy. <laughs> They're stuck in their ways, yeah. aren't they? They're yeah. stuck in their ways. They're not going to change. See that? Yeah, that worries me. You can't me. train them. And the thing is, is I'm also stuck in my ways. So you, I'm not going to be... Ad- I'm quite adaptable, really. Not really. I am. Actually, I'm quite positive. Yeah, you tell the next person that touches your light switches and believes a fingerprint. Yeah, you crack on with that. So how's your week been? Have you ever met Katie Price? I haven't met Katie Price. My week has been, I should have stayed in bed. I just should have skipped this you week. Did, you did most of the I time. I did most of it. I'm still suffering from my vertigo and stuff, so I'm not very good in the mornings at all. You're, you're sort of having to do the horses and that in the morning, aren't you? And then come in and work. and So it's all going quite badly at the minute. But um, one of the, I don't know if you call it a plus point, one of the points of being at home is I have good morning on in the mornings. And this morning, they had... Do you mean good morning? With or Holly do you mean and, this morning? Which one's which? The Holly and Philip. That's this morning, Okay, isn't that one then, that one. So that's how much notice I take. I'm not really a TV person in the mornings, but I've sort of just been putting it on as a bit there of There was background. a law in my house when I was growing up the TV was never on before children's hour and the heating never went on until after the news. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I think we put out, put it on too much. I mean, I very rarely have it on unless I'm actually watching it. I don't even have it on while I'm doing housework. I don't like it. But I leave it on for the dogs if I go out or anything. But this morning, I kind of wish I hadn't put it on because there was a couple on there, Lucy and Flynn, and they were talking about their podcast. <gasps> Are they rivals? Uh, well, put it this way, it's not anything that we're going to be getting up to. It's enough. I actually think we're doing better than Harry and Meghan. They've only done one. Well, we're not a one-trick pony, are we? And this is 105. We've done 105. Yeah, yeah. Meghan, I don't know whether you're straightening your hair and you haven't got time. You've done one. We've done 105. It's coming up to our two-year anniversary, isn't it? Yeah. We'll have to do, we'll have to do something no, for I'm our two No, I'm not 12. Year. Oh, don't be so miserable. Anyway, do you want to know what this podcast is? 
Is it a rival? No, and no. Why? Because it's called Lucy and Flynn have sex. Oh. yes. I think I've heard of this. I, I literally, it was one of those things where you watch it and you're hoping it's not true and you want to turn it off because it's so awful, but you just want to know have what sex happens. On the podcast? They have actual live sex on the podcast. But how would that translate to dialogue? It would just be ow. Ow, you're on my hair. You're kneeling on my hair. Oh, Ow, stop it. Stop I, I literally, it. I literally mortified. Now, apparently, they've, they started this podcast because they had children and like many couples, their sex life went downhill, but the rest of their relationship was fine. And what they didn't want to do is put Does up... Does he put the mints out? Does the husband put I think the mints he, out? I think he must do because they're very sort of, you know, sound very progressive and they were very happy. But they were saying that they wanted to sort of do something to spice up their sex life. So they decided to do this podcast. And they were saying that what they do is they record this podcast every week, same as we have to. And you do it, don't you? If you don't feel like it, if you don't feel well or whatever, you still, you have to turn up and do it. So they said, the presenter said, what happens if you don't feel like it? What happens if, the, you know, the kids are screaming or whatever? And it's, the idea is you should turn up for sex. You should turn up for sex and you should do it because if you put the effort in, you'll feel better for it. And I'm like, no, life's not like that. It's not. I mean, and their idea is, is they're representing, they want to show that normal people, you know, can talk about sex, talk about what they want, have a healthy sex life. I don't want to listen to someone panting and puffing. I'm sorry. But this, this, have you seen couples therapy on BBC no. Two? Well, what this is, it's an American therapist who deals with all the different couples and you literally want to stab them and you think why are you together why are you still married yeah. and there's this one woman a very attractive woman and she's got this quite a handsome husband and he just wants sex all the time and he says to him it's like I eat every day I want to have sex every day and he was so arrogant and he wouldn't listen yeah. to his wife and he wouldn't listen to the, to the therapist. And they told him, no, you know, you're too combative, you don't listen. And every word they used, he challenged them. He just wouldn't listen. And I'm like, get divorced, awful. get divorced. That's the only thing you're going to do. And I just wonder why all these couples are together. Because if you watch couples therapy, you're like... Why? Go away, leave me alone. Yeah. I'm going to get a dog and watch Frasier and I'll be much happier. Yeah. I remember I mean? the worst thing my husband ever said to me when I said, why do you have to have so many affairs with all these women with really short limbs? And he said, well, it's, <laughs> to me, having sex is like going to the toilet. And I just thought, wow, you're just revolting. Wow. See, I'm old-fashioned. I want someone to sort of just... I want a lead up. I want someone to be nice to me. I want a bit of flirting. I want a bit of lovey dovey. Do you know what I mean? I don't want, oh, come on, crack on. We need to report, record the podcast. I just, no. no. Do watch a few episodes of, if you're I'll single, watch a few episodes of couples therapy because you will feel so much happier. Do you know what else happened to me this week? Oh, come on. It didn't really happen to you, did it? It happened to me. It happened to you. Honey, I sank the car. She took my car. I know. And I said, don't drive it near the bog. I know. And she drove it near the bog and it's still there. It's still there. And then, of course, I had to do that thing where I phoned Martin up and pretty much say, 
I'm an absolute idiot. I missed the dry patch. I drove into the bog. Can you bring a tractor and get it out? So then I get the the man thing. Ha, 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 ha. What were you doing? Ha, 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 ha. And you know, like, they, they eke it out. They don't just say, oh, dear. All right, no problem. I'll sort it. No, 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 no. They torture you with it. But then what did Martin do? Man can, can we just say what Martin did when he tried to come and get it out? He then got it in another bog. Yes. I had two wheels on, on dry ground and it was only two wheels in and the bog. still there. Now there's four wheels in the bog. So stick that in your pipe. Stick it. So what have we got with the column this week? I'm gonna, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say the diary just to wind you up. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm already as cold as a spring. You you sang. I can say diary. It's my revenge piece. <laughs> this column. It's a fantastic column. Oh. I'm catnip again. I'm You're catnip. always catnip. I'm catnip to men. I don't understand it. The man who'd been wooing me on WhatsApp but disappeared as he was worried what his adult son would think of him dating me got in touch to wish me happy New Year. Sorry I let you down by being a little precious. I think you are amazing. Oh, bugger off. Bugger off. As Bridget would say. Exactly. Just go away. Then, the photographer who lives near Liverpool, whom I almost met for a drink, but I decided not to blight another person's privacy by writing about them. I also Google earthed his garden and wheelie bin and was (laughs) underwhelmed. Got back in touch. Hello, Liz. Or what's a Liverpool accent? I don't know. I don't know what accent that was. What, what <laughs> accent? That's the same accent you use for, like, H. I'm going to risk annoying you by wishing you Happy New Year. I've given up trying to find a new lady. Oh, so what, he's coming back to you, is he? I'm sick of hearing everyone saying there's someone for everyone. You said you struggle with cinemas. So would an exhibition and lunch be better for you? Bugger off. Well, no, an exhibition and lunch can sounds quite nice. Only if it's someone that hasn't already, like, buggered off. Bugger off again. He didn't really bugger off. I told him to bugger off because I didn't want to write about him. Oh, OK. All right, all right. Fair enough. He didn't type. This is important, this bit. OK. Look to yourself for your actions. <laughs> <laughs> brownie points. I'll give him brownie points for It's going to be all his grave, isn't it? Look to yourself and your actions as it though is. he's my dad. He's being proactive. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure about an exhibition with a man. I always wear heels on dates, so I'd have to stagger from exhibit to exhibit, clinging on to passing strangers and statues. There's the inevitable awkward standing in front of a painting, not knowing what to say. As I'm always in a hurry, placed several decades spent working on Fleet Street, I like to move on to the next painting as swiftly as possible. Doing that thing with your hand. Come, come on, on, come on, on come on. Come on. God forbid, that. if I pause, God forbid. You know the spiral at the Guggenheim? I went round that like it was a roller coaster. But you're supposed to drink it in, aren't no. you? And, sort of, and look at the artist's interpretation. And I'm not sure about lunch. I prefer dinner. I don't like to eat it in the middle of the day. And also, if you go out with a man in daylight, there's yeah. always that one stray whisker. You failed to tweeze that glints in the sun. Yeah, we need we need a bit of candle. We need light. darkness, we need, really. Yeah, yeah, we need blackout. subdued lighting. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been good during the war with a blackout. Yeah, no, I like a bit of subdued lighting. I've got to give that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of my best date ever. Lunch at the River Cafe. Was that the best date ever? 
was quite nice. The man was late and moaned about the bread. No. Dinner at La Candelocatelli. The man stormed off after the main course and I had to pay for his Uber. No. Blind date with a man in the Dales. Oh, dear. He, he proceeded to tell me the world is secretly run by lizards. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> How about my date with the rock star? He was on telly the other day and I watched it. When one of my back teeth fell out onto the plate with a clatter. It went, this one here fell out. But your teeth are so expensive. Yeah, it's a back one. <laughs> I don't think I've veneered the back ones. How about the holiday in Thailand paid for by me and on a boat chartered by me to visit the locations of a Bond movie when my date, A, did a number two below deck <gasps> and it was a very small boat. No. Why do it on a boat? No. What is it with men and going to the toilet? Hold it. And B, he embarrassed me by saying your surgery scars are showing. That's mean. Mean. Push them off the Why boat. do men always point out your flaws in a voice that can be overheard? Passive aggressive bastards. bastards. When have I ever said, you know I gave you my old iPhone in selfless act. Well, I forgot to erase it. So those weird photos you've been taking by accident keep popping up in my cloud. All I can say is, ew, what is that? My oh, mind is seriously boggling it to now. You. Oh, that was awful. What was it? Uh, well, I, I didn't look too closely. Oh, no, I recoiled. No. Despite writing a dating column for over 20 years, I cannot think of one liaison that's had a positive outcome. Once, I met a man over dinner at a friend's house in Chelsea. That was my friend Allegra's. We got on like a house on fire. He regaled me with stories about meeting Marlon Brando. I made him laugh. He ended the evening by telling me he was going out with a new Longhorn model. No! That Spanish one with the eyebrows. What God. a bitch. What bitch. A bitch. What bitch. A bitch. My dates have always ended in argument and me footing the bill. My dates have always ended with being texted the C word from the spare room of a Georgian Airbnb mm. that I paid for. Yeah. A pet being catnapped. Having... To lock a man out of my five-star room in the New Forest on a birthday mini-break. Oh, not nice. Anyway, the photographer suggested an exhibition in Manchester. I told him if he can source an acceptable vegan venue for lunch that isn't down steep stairs, I'm there. You're doing it. We could get you some sensible shoes. I don't wear sensible shoes. Maybe it's the time to bring the changes. <laughs> You can read this week's diary in full in Man on Sunday's You magazine. So, what about the archive? What are we. Is that any better? Well, someone very teary has been in the news this week. Do we know who that is? Yes, I do. I've seen, I've seen Ugly Cry. Oh, no! Oh, someone like you ugly crying oh. for a beautiful girl that was ugly crying and she's beautiful 
Doesn't she look better without makeup? She does. She looks a hundred years younger without makeup. She does. People do sort of overdo it, I think. I she mean, does. I I have to overdo. I've gotten to the stage I have to overdo it. But when you're young, you like your frosted colours, don't you? I do like my frosted colours, but I have to be careful now because I start sinking into the lines. I have to be very careful. So Adele, unlike me, cancelled her tour Someone in Las like Vegas. You. Uh, someone, someone like me <laughs> cancelled her residency in Las Vegas with less than 24 hours and lots of people lost money and they lost the airfare and everything whereas I had to cancel my tour and I didn't want to um, so the archive is when I interviewed Adele in 2009 and I didn't warm to her I've heard that by f- from a few people actually what so happens? the first sentence of this review, I didn't get off to a terribly good start with Adele. We first planned to meet back in August. I just made the four-hour journey to London to meet her at 10am when her publicist rang, saying Adele was sick and couldn't make it. Hmm, I thought. Bloody teenagers. She just, she was 19, just about yeah, to turn yeah. 20. Got a hangover more like. I heard she later cancelled a string of live performances in the US at the final hour. She won't last in the music business. So she's got form. She doesn't have what it takes, the drive, the work ethic, the single-minded ambition. That didn't work well then. Well. She's done pretty well. I was kind of, well she has done well and I was kind of, I'm kind of in two minds about her really because I was thinking about Madonna when I went to meet Adele when she sort of rescheduled and I met her and she was chain smoking she wasn't polite to me at all she was obviously bored and I thought does she have the right idea because I was thinking about Madonna and Madonna has always been driven and she's worked really hard she's always turned up and I based myself on Madonna I was always driven I was turned up and I always worked really hard and I got up at two in the morning and I have never had a day off but I kind of from meeting her and she was so rude to me and she said, oh, no, I'm going to have three months off. I don't care what the record company says. Oh, I don't care what they say. I want to see my friends. And I was aghast as an old school person who thought women had to work really hard to get ahead. But then I was thinking, when I heard she cancelled this week, and I was thinking, well, who's living in the mansion? Who got made bankrupt and made homeless? Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't really get me anywhere. It didn't make Madonna happy. I think we've seen that a lot, haven't we? That people that are sort of more laid back, more let things go over them and f- go with the flow and are, and are a bit more... Oh, I don't want to use the word selfish, but... But she did let her fans down. She, yeah. And a lot of them are out of pocket. When I was going bankrupt, I read Sarah and I, and I interviewed her, and the life-changing magic of not giving an F44 star, star, star. And she wrote <laughs> a book. She gave up her job in publishing, and she bought a house in the Caribbean. And she said, you know, if you don't want to go to a party, don't go to a party. Don't go anything you don't want to do. Don't do a job you don't want to do. And I think Adele has this attitude as well. And I kind of can see how that gives you a nicer life. But there's something in my DNA that cannot be like that. Because I've always felt not good enough. I've always felt I have to go to the nth mile and try and do that extra bit of research and get up earlier and polish and polish and polish and polish. You know, I'm always polishing my pieces. You're always polishing. And I never had that confidence to be like Adele or to be like Sarah Knight. 
I think as well we, we and are. And also, I don't up, think it we? makes you a very nice person. No. If you're so selfish, you don't turn up to your niece's wedding because you'd rather stay in bed shagging your boyfriend, or you don't do Las Vegas because you're nervous and whatever. There's a balance, isn't there? There's got, there's to, got be to be a balance. Yeah, yeah. There has. You've but there's a very nice interesting... Person. You know how beautiful she is and how dressed up and she wears all these gowns and yeah. makeup and she's so much thinner. So when she was 19, just turning 20, she, she looked at my shoes. I was wearing silver strappy platforms. As in, when I went to the Oxford Union, I borrowed Dior Couture. I dressed up for Adele. Yeah, she yeah. certainly didn't dress up for me. And her great, looking at my shoes, her great big green cat's eyes widen. I like looking nice, she says, but I always put comfort over fashion. She did that big girl thing of pulling her cardi down over her bottom, then pulling it across mm. her chest. Been there, done that. I don't find thin girls attractive. Stop it now. No, it's Teddy. It's not Nick. It's Teddy. It's Teddy. It's not Nick. It's Teddy. <laughs> I don't find thin girls attractive. Be happy and healthy. I've never had a problem with the way I look. I'd rather have lunch with my friends than go to a gym. Well, she certainly changed. I was going to say, that's out the window, isn't it? How many times a day did she exercise to lose all that weight? And she said it was because someone had to fold her phone. <laughs> I asked what size she is. I'm a five foot nine and a fourteen sixteen. Is she under pressure at all from the record company to go on a diet or exercise? I tell her that when I interviewed girl band All Saints at the start of their career, I'm dating myself here, aren't I? Never yeah. mind the facelift. I liked All Saints. I interviewed and ever ever. I'm singing. Never ever ever. Yeah. I love that. I went to Poland with All Saints at the start of their career before they won everything. And I snuck, I think we we're on the plane, I snuck a look at their diary for the coming year. Every single box was filled in dates, promo tours, interviews, photo shoots, daily workouts with a trainer in a gym. They had to do as they were told, all yeah. saints. They might seem quite gobby and lippy and wearing their little caterpillar boots and combats and everything but they absolutely had to do what they were told by the record company so i tell adele my story about looking at the girl's diary adele snorts and does a great big hearty laugh you can't go to america and be shit she said you could have an amazing figure and they won't buy it i could wear a bin liner and they'd still like me last summer around the time she cancelled our interview she decided she wanted three months off she told her record company, publicist and manager, that she didn't want any emails, phone calls, texts, nothing. It got to the stage, she told me, where friends would call and I'd be working in Norway or somewhere and they'd ask me to come round and I'd get annoyed that, I didn't, that they didn't know I was abroad. So for three months I went to barbecues and saw my cousins. How lovely to have the choice, though. How lovely. But to... quite bolshy for a 19-year-old. Yeah. I don't think I even could speak when I was 19. But to just have that freedom and that choice to be so that So I age. do admire someone like Adele who just says, oh, I don't give a shit about anything and I'm going to have three months off and go to barbecues and see my cousins. it's not done her any harm, is it? She's in a mansion. Yeah. I don't own a mattress. No. No, it's not So I'm saying to you girls, if any of you are girls out there, make sure you have a life. Yeah. As well as working really, 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 really hard. Because it doesn't get you anywhere. Your Balance. job doesn't your job doesn't love you. 
And nobody, nobody, I don't know Well, anybody. Nick has this ethos, obviously. But I Bugger don't. Off. Bugger off. <laughs> Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Right, what are the letters like? Right, so we've got we've got one from Hillary, and I love this. She says, "Hi, Liz's assistant." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm not so famous as I thought I was. <laughs> Take me down a peg or two. She said, "I wanted to write and thank Liz for her article this week. It just somehow summed up me and how I feel." Which article is she talking about? Well, how much nicer is it to be surrounded by animals than petty human beings? who much of the time can be nothing so this but unjustifiable is my, She's talking vile. about my column last Sunday, which was me complaining, no one sticks up for me. Yes. So she says, most of the time, people are unjustifi- unjustifiably vile to each other. And how rewarding it is to rescue an animal and form bonds. I rescued my Romanian princess, Layla, from Wendy's Woofers in July 2020. She's nearly two. We've had a challenging first year. I know all about that, Hillary, with Boris, and I can relate. But she's an angel and makes me just smile. I attach a pic. I'm on your side. Oh, we love Hillary. We love Hillary. We also, we want to listen, we want to hear from everybody listening, don't we, as well, on two things. First of all, Liz talking about dates. I'm talking about my awful dates. So locking someone out of your five-star, £500 a night room in the New Forest. Being texted the C word from another room in the Airbnb you've paid for, £900 for two nights, you didn't stay the second night. Can you top it? Can you? We want to hear from you. So we're going to read out on the podcast next week your top three worst dates. If you tweet us or email us on the website, your three worst dates. Yeah, we'd love to hear that. And we've also got a little competition going this week. I've got, most of you know about Boris, um, anyone that's been listening. Not the Prime Minister. Not the Prime Minister, my my rescue dog, Boris. And when I adopted him, we thought he was a beagle. But we don't think he is complete beagle, do we? So I've got a DNA test to find out exactly what Boris is made up of. And everybody has got their own ideas of what he is. We've got a little sort of like competition going on here. So I thought, let's extend that to you guys. Because there's lots of doggy people listening. There's lots of people that know about so their you're breeds. you're going to have to post a photo of him. I'm going to post a photo of Boris. And I would love you guys to tell me what you think he's made of. And the person that's closest, or hopefully gets the exact mix of what he is, I will send a prize to. So I thought that'd be fun. Do you remember I had my DNA done by those really handsome men in Harley Street? Really handsome. God, weren't they handsome? Really handsome. And they said, I'm part Native American. But you've got very dark hair, aren't you? You have got... You can see that. Only because it comes from boots. No, but before that, before you started boots in it. But they also said my mum was crippled by arthritis. Mm. And three of my sisters were crippled by arthritis. They said, I don't have the arthritis gene. Well, that's the great thing, isn't it? Because this, this test will not only tell me what Boris is, 
which I'm really interested to find out about. It will also tell me if he's got any genes that I need to be worried about for the future and perhaps I can do something about it and be proactive. See, I don't think it matters what breed dogs are. I don't know why people buy purebred Labrador puppies or whatever. I mean, I've got collies, but I mean, I'm sure Missy's part of Spaniel. And mm. actually, when you say to Missy, 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 are you, Missy, <laughs> are you part of Spaniel? She gets really excited. She I loves think you she's got that. little spotty legs. And she's sort of mad like a Spaniel, isn't mm, she? She is. But you think Teddy's part German Shepherd. I do. I think he's got German Shepherd. I'd like to DNA Teddy. Well, if I had another dog, I wanted a Staffy. So I'm hoping there's just a little trace of Staffy. Now, his previous foster thinks that he's no, got... No, they're just, they're just, they're be- just placating you. Beagle, Bloodhound and Staffy. And my mum no. calls him a bagel, which is apparently a Basset Hound cross Beagle. So... But when I, he barks, he sounds like a bloodhound. When he barks, he sounds like the hound of the Baskervilles. It's deafening. So I would love to hear what you guys think. And the person that gets but they the closest. Know. No, but they can guess, can't they? And then the person that gets the closest. Yeah, when but I, get the I results, think my send a competition of your three worst dates is better. I think mine's better. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.